Welcome to the Single Greatest Choice Podcast, where single women find support, empowerment, information, and inspiration around the topics of singleness, fertility, motherhood, and mindset. I'm your host, Katie B., and I'm thrilled to be back to share more stories of women like you and me who are navigating these choices, along with interviews with experts in the fields of fertility preservation, coaching, and psychology. Whether you're just starting to question what to do about your finite fertility, or whether you're ready to make the leap into solo motherhood by choice, I hope these conversations will help you to feel more supported and confident along the way. Because whatever you decide to do with these years could be the single greatest choice you'll ever make, and you don't have to make it alone. Hi friends, I know it's been a long, long while since you've heard from me. I think it's been over seven months since the last time I put out a podcast, And I have just been itching to get back to it and really struggling with trying to figure out how to make it work. So uh, here I am trying to make it work. Uh, It's a Sunday morning and I have a babysitter over and my son is taking a nap and she's holding him and I have a little pocket of time. So I'm hopeful that I can catch you up with how things are going and get something put out to you very soon. So... Hmm. Where did I leave off? The last time I talked to you, I think I, I told you my birth story and I interviewed my doula, Sarah. And at the time I was on maternity leave still. And I think my son was maybe three months old or so at the time. And so I was getting ready to head back to work. While I was on maternity leave, I got offered a kind of a new role and a promotion at work, which was incredible. Uh, But it also meant that I had to go back to work just a little bit earlier than I had initially planned. So I went back to work in early July of 2021. And the plan at that time was for my son to go to daycare, which made sense, right? I mean, when I thought about having a child on my own, of course, I knew I would need to continue to work full time and my child would need to go into childcare. I didn't have any family living nearby. So while I was pregnant, I looked at a lot of different places and I found a school that I felt really good about and I got on the wait list. And um, especially because of COVID, it wasn't too tricky to get a spot. Sometimes in Austin, it's like Right now, there's several year waiting lists for some of the most desirable places. Uh, But I felt like I found a really good fit and I was excited about it. And then when it came to the end of my maternity leave, my sweet little baby, he was only three months old. And it was just really hard to imagine putting him into daycare. And I know so many of you have done it and, you know, it's, it's hard. And so the week before he was supposed to start, my dad and I went together to tour the daycare and get all the information on, you know, how to label the bottles and what we needed to bring and not bring on the first day and all of that good stuff, how the drop-off worked and everything. And so we went and the place was lovely and the teacher was wonderful and I still felt really good about having him there. And as soon as we got to the parking lot, I just burst into tears. And my dad and I both agreed that my son was just too little. The class that he was supposed to be in at that time, all of the other babies, it seemed like through peeking in the window, were sitting up and some of them crawling, maybe even pulling up. They were big guys, like like the baby that I have now. And my little guy just seemed so little in comparison. And he was not a fussy baby. And so I worried that he would be just kind of laid on his back in a crib or put into a little bouncer seat and just sort of ignored because he didn't ask for much. And it just broke my heart. It was just really hard to imagine dropping him off in the care of strangers, even if they were wonderful strangers. It just, 
I wasn't ready for it. And neither was my dad, thankfully. And so at the time, my dad and his husband lived about an hour away and they were already thinking about moving to Austin and they had bought a house in my neighborhood as sort of an investment, not as their permanent home, but as a home that they could use when Miles was young and eventually make into a rental property. But that house was being renovated and so it was not habitable at the time. And when we made this decision that Miles wasn't ready for daycare or really that we weren't ready for him to be in daycare, uh, my dad and his husband decided to get an extended stay hotel room. Well, I know this is crazy, but that's how wonderful and generous they are. My house just really wasn't conducive to having them stay for you know long stretches of time. And they kind of like to have their own private space and you know a break after a full day of, of watching my son. And so they got a hotel room. And they stayed every week, Monday through Thursday, and took care of him during the day while I went to work. And then they would go back home on the weekends. And it worked. It was really, really wonderful. My son got to spend lots of time with my dad and his husband. And I knew that he was getting as good or better care than he would get if I was home. And so that made it easy for me to go to the office. And so that was just such a blessing that I was not expecting. By September... The dads were getting kind of tired and just sort of feeling like if they didn't have all day, every day, childcare, unpaid work, <laughs> that that might be nice. And so at that point, I realized that though I couldn't afford a nanny full time because the cost of a nanny in Austin, at least, is double um, what daycare would be. And I just didn't have the budget for that. I realized if I could afford daycare, then I could afford half a nanny. And so that's what I ended up doing. I found a wonderful nanny through a friend. She um, She's the daughter of a friend's friend. And she was the only person I talked to. I just knew immediately that she was going to be a good fit for our family. And she started coming in the mornings early, like 7 in the morning before I went to work and staying until about 11. And then my dad would take over after that. And so that worked really, really well for a few months she was with us September, October, November, and then towards the end of December, as we got to, to the holidays, um, she made the decision to go back to her home state of Colorado and spend some extended time there over the holidays. And so that kind of put us in a situation where we needed to make a different decision for childcare. So we revisited the daycare that I had originally considered, as well as a few others, and ended up back at the same place that that I've kind of intended for him to go all along. They didn't have a spot for him until the end of January. And so again, all of December, I was off work a lot for two weeks in December, but December and January, my dad and his husband were back to taking care of my son. Only now they live here full time. They've moved into the house in my neighborhood. So that makes it a little bit easier because Miles can go to their house and then they're in their own space and just kind of makes the days flow a little bit easier because they don't have to be at my house all day. So that's kind of how things looked through December and January. And then the last week of January, Miles was supposed to start daycare at the same center that I had picked out before he was even born. We finally got a spot there. It was supposed to start January 24th. And then he ended up getting sick, which was really sad. It was the first time he's ever been sick. So I feel really lucky that we made it this long. But he had a fever and a runny nose and he was coughing and Luckily, it wasn't COVID. Both of us were tested and, and it was just a regular cold, but it was pretty 
icky. And so he didn't end up starting until this past week. So his first day was January 31st. He went Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It went really well. He didn't even cry at drop-off. He's been able to go really smoothly with his teacher. I'm getting great reports of he's napping at school, which is not something I thought he would do. It just seems like it's it's going really well. And then Thursday and Friday, he did not go because in Texas, we have had an ice storm. And so everything shut down for Thursday and Friday. So that kind of catches you up on where we are with childcare. I guess I started there because that feels like a big part of what the last season has looked like for me is just kind of piecing together childcare and the help that I need. And so I feel really lucky that I've had incredible help while I've been at work, which is, you know, a good portion of the waking hours during the week I'm at work. And I've loved that my son is with people who I know just adore him and are taking wonderful care of him. And he's been able to stay home and not get sick until right, you know, the the very last minute before he started childcare. That's been wonderful. But What that means is that because my people, my village, my family have been watching him while I go to work, they are not as available, understandably, when I'm not at work because Miles is kind of their full-time job and when the day is over, they're ready to go home just like anyone would be and that leaves me on my own to care for him in the evenings and the weekends and Of course, that's what I expected. That's, you know, that's parenting. But it's just been really hard. Miles is a wonderful, sweet, funny little guy who I'm sure like all babies requires a lot of attention. But I do feel like there's a certain kind of beyond (laughs) factor with him. I I do have that kid that when I'm around other moms and uh, moms with babies the same age, I get a lot of, oh, wow, you've got your hands full. Wow, he's got a lot of energy. Oh, wow, he's really active. Um, so I do think that for whatever reason, it well, I mean, there's no reason to compare. Uh, but I will just say for me, it is a full, full, full-time job. And I really am not able to do much else when I'm with him. And that includes even the time that he's sleeping. So sleep has been a huge issue with him. He started as a pretty good sleeper. He never really slept in the bassinet that I had in my room, but he did sleep pretty early on. I tried to transfer him to his crib. His bedroom is very close to mine. It's a a, a small house. And even without a baby monitor, I can easily hear him cry, but I had a monitor set up and, um, before sort of the six month mark of, you know, babies, or I guess some people say a year, um, baby sleeping in their own room. I had already moved him into his room and he was doing okay with that. I mean, I was actually kind of cocky in the beginning thinking, oh, I got such a good sleeper. And then we hit, I don't even remember exactly when it was, but maybe like four months, five months, somewhere in there. Uh, I know people talk about sleep regressions. I have not been able to identify any kind of pattern. It just seems like it just went down and then down and down and down from there. Um, and so he was sleeping in his crib and then never through the night, but you know, he would sleep like a four hour stretch and then I would go in and feed him and then he'd sleep another three, four hours. And then it got to where the stretches were only 
two hours, but it was still pretty manageable because I'd go in and I'd rock him or comfort him, maybe feed him and put him right back down. And we were both still getting a decent amount of sleep. It was just pretty fragmented. And then eventually it got to a point where he was not easily going back down. And so I would spend sometimes, you know, 45 minutes, an hour trying to get him down. I would get him down and it would last an hour, 45 minutes. I mean, sometimes even just like 10, 15 minutes and then he'd be up and then I'd have to start the whole thing over again with rocking and bouncing and nursing and, you know, all the things to try to get him back to sleep. And at a certain point, I just realized I was driving myself crazy because I was spending four or five, six hours in a night rocking and comforting and and trying to get him to sleep. And so what had been working at that point was sometimes later in the night we would co-sleep. I would bring him into my bed and he always slept better in there. And so at a certain point, I just made the decision that that's just what we were going to do. And now when it's bedtime for him, which is around 730, I will, we have a whole bedtime routine. So we do bath and PJs and story and diaper, you know, all of that. And then I bring him into my room and and rock him in my room and put him down in my bed. And usually I lay down with him and rub his back. And sometimes we nurse, well, pretty much always we nurse. And then he falls asleep and then I'm able to sort of roll away and sneak off. The kitchen is within eye shot of my bed. I can open my bedroom door and see him from there. Uh, but I really still have to stay where I can see and hear him. So there's no listening to podcasts. There's no watching TV. There's no talking to a friend on the phone. I don't take a shower. Um, you know, I can't do anything where I'm not able to just really quickly get to him because I'm not at all worried that he would roll out of the bed while he's asleep, but I do worry that if he woke up and I wasn't there, that he might try to crawl out of the bed. And so it's not the safest of situations, but it also is the situation where both of us are getting the most and the best sleep that I've been able to figure out. And I know some of you are probably wondering about sleep training and why I have not done that. And I know that's pretty controversial, so I won't get super into it. Not that I shy away from controversial things, but, um, I just, it, it's a lot, but suffice to say that I explored a lot of different types of sleep training, Never really tried any of them, but read and researched a lot of them. And I know lots of people who have done it. And for me, my personality and the way I parent and this particular baby that I have, it just hasn't felt like a good fit. Honestly, my number one worry is that I wouldn't stick with it because it would just be too hard. And I I think that it does more harm than good if you're not like super consistent with it. And I just am not sure that my son would respond very well to the methods that I have researched. So I'm still sort of on the hunt for something that I can do to help improve our sleep. Something that I did do that helped a lot was working with his nap schedule, both the timing and the duration of his naps. And that really, really helped him to sleep better at night. We reduced the amount of daytime sleep he was getting. And when we went from three naps to two naps, that was really helpful. So anyway, all that to say that life has been good. I feel super blessed to have had wonderful childcare all of this time. And when I'm not at work, it's wonderful and it's hard. 
It's just, it's really hard. Miles is very, very mobile and active. He pulls up on everything. He gets into everything. I have baby-proofed as much as I can. Well, that's not, I mean, I, I'm sure I could always do more, but I've done a lot of baby-proofing and still he constantly finds things to get into. And it just feels like between the dog and the baby, you know, the baby wants the dog food, the dog wants the baby toys, um, just trying to keep them separate and happy and clean and fed. (laughs) It's just a lot. So I have not been able to really reclaim any, any time for myself. Even just showering is something that is hard to make happen. And so right now my routine is that when I get home from work, my son, so my son is in daycare, but my dad is still picking him up a few hours earlier than when I get off of work, just because it's a long day and he's still getting used to it. And so my dad has him and I come home and I, I take a shower real fast and kind of wash dishes if I can, you know, my pump, I'm still pumping. So washing the pump parts and unpacking my lunchbox and getting it repacked for the next day. I'm cramming all of that into about 45 minutes between the time that I get home from work and the time that my son comes back over to my house. And, um, it just never feels like enough. So, you know, I shower, but I don't put on lotion or, you know, I brush my teeth, but I don't floss or I dry my hair, but it's still wavy and weird because I didn't get it dried all the way. Um, it just feels like there's not quite enough time for even just basic, basic self-care and then forget about anything else. I mean, this is the first little moment that I've taken for, for myself in a very long time, just to try to talk to you guys. And I will say my babysitter is back, um, in town. She, I mentioned she was gone for all of December and January and she's back and she's the one that's um, with my son right now while he's napping. And that is a game changer. I'm super hopeful that she will be able to come over pretty frequently. But again, there's, you know, the cost, like it's, it's really hard to afford, um, to be able to have frequent babysitting when I also am paying for daycare. So, I love, love, love being a mom. Miles is so fun and he's about to be walking. He's saying some words. He's super affectionate and funny. Um, He just recently has kind of figured out how to play, like really how to play with his toys. Like he does with them what they're designed to do. So like he has one of those little wooden tables that has little balls that you use a hammer to hammer them through. Um, to the other side. And he like understands that that's what you're supposed to do with it. And it's just really sweet to watch him play. He makes jokes and he likes to play chase. So he'll kind of try to engage you and then he'll tear off, you know, crawling as fast as he can and wants you to chase him. And um, he knows how to say light and he, he likes to point to the light and say light and try to get people to turn the light on or off for him and loves our dog and knows how to say our dog's name. And it's just a, such a, sweet, sweet, sweet age and so wonderful, but it's hard. And I really am missing this. I'm really missing time for myself, time to connect with you guys, time to exercise, time to just use my brain in, in a way that is not taking care of a baby or my day job. I love my work. I, I really do love my job. And I'm so thankful that I love it because it would be really hard to be away from miles to do something that I didn't love. 
but it is work. I mean, it is not a thing I would do if I didn't get paid. Whereas, as you guys know, I, I podcast and I don't get paid for it. I coach and while I do charge a fee, that's not at all why I do it. I do it because I love it and I miss it and I miss you guys. And so many of you have expressed interest in coaching and I really, really wish that I could do that. But I just, there's no time that I could say, yes, let's set up a Zoom call at 7 p.m. and then know that I would be available at that time. It's something that I'm considering as my son's getting older, that it's maybe something I could do after he goes to bed. I would, of course, need to have childcare even though he's asleep because he doesn't stay asleep. So I would need to pay someone to come so that I could coach. Uh, And that's just something I'm still kind of getting my head around. But I mean, it's just like I pay for childcare while I go to my day job. You know, it would, it would just be another job that I enjoy. I mean, it really fills my bucket to talk with you guys and to help you navigate this decision and hear your stories. And so that's something that I'm, I'm trying to do, but no promises. I, I I just really don't know how I'm going to make it work, but what I am going to do is try to start putting out more podcasts, imperfect podcasts. It's, I'm not going to call it a season. It's not going to be season three because I may put out one and then not again for a couple months, but I'm going to try. And I have this, what I'm recording right now. And then I also have an interview. I'm really excited to bring to you guys that I recorded back in July with a woman who shares my donor. So our children are a few months apart. Her, her daughter is a little bit older than Miles and um, they are half siblings. And I just think that that would be really neat to bring to you guys. And I have more to share with you about my donor and actually that I've been able to connect with him, which is not at all something that I expected at this stage in the game. So I plan to share a little bit of what that's been like. Um, there are some other people I won't I won't spoil it because I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but I'm really excited to start to bring you guys some more podcasts. And I would love to hear from you what you would like to hear from me. I do want to do some more stories like I used to do of women who are kind of in the planning and trying and early stages of motherhood, maybe bring back some previous guests and hear where they are now. Um, and then I think that it would might be helpful to hear more stories from the trenches, things about, you know, women who are actually already parenting solo and what that's like for them and how things are going. I mean, just selfishly, you know, that's the stage that I'm in. And I wonder, is it this hard for everybody? Does everybody feel like they've lost themselves as much as I do? And um, maybe some tips (laughs) on how to make it easier. I do think that it will get easier. And it just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not totally worth it and so wonderful and even more than I ever expected. I just, I love that little guy with all of my being and his face is just, it's so familiar and so perfect and sweet to me. I just, I can't explain it, but this truly, truly is the best thing that I've ever done. And, um, crazy me, I probably am going to do it again. If I can figure out (laughs) the logistics of that, I have embryos left and, um, no, not anytime soon, but maybe a year from now, um, I'm, I'm definitely considering having a second on my own. And that's something I'd love to talk about too, because that has really changed for me. Not, not the desire to have a second. I think I've always wanted to have a second, but when I was planning to become a solo mom, I was really 
as you guys know, if you've listened to my story, leaving space to have a second child with or without a partner. And I think that the second child without a partner was also a backup plan in the same way that the first child without a partner was the plan B. I think I sort of had it in my mind that like, oh yeah. And then if I'm still single, you know, that still wouldn't be my first choice. But if it's the case and I want to have a second, I want to set myself up for that. But it was also really important for me to set myself up to have a child with a partner, which is why I froze eggs and embryos. And now that I have a child on my own, something that has changed quite a bit is that I definitely would prefer to have my second child as a solo parent. It's really, really hard for me to imagine sharing this experience with someone. And especially, like I've said before, someone that I haven't known long. And because of my age and because I would want my kids to be relatively close together in in their ages, there just is not space in my mind for me to meet someone and feel ready to share parenthood with them in the span of time that I will be open to being a parent again. Um, And so I've mentioned on Instagram and maybe here on the podcast before that in the beginning, I was really uncomfortable with the term single mother by choice. I really felt more like I was a single mother by necessity and that I would, if I had another choice, this wouldn't be my choice. So it felt weird to call it a choice. With my second child, I definitely will be a single mother by choice. Like I would, if I had the choice between a partner or on my own, I would do it on my own for a lot of reasons. But I think the main one is that, oh, I don't even know what the main one is. I think, sorry, that, <laughs> that was a big letdown because it sounded like I was going to say something profound and then I, I don't have one big reason. It's all the little reasons. It's that I'm not trying to balance two really significant relationships. I mean, I have one focus relationally in my life, and that is my son. And of course, I have other relationships, and I have friends, and I have family. But my son gets all of me in terms of how I spend my time and my money and my focus. And to a point where it's maybe not entirely healthy. And I think that's a little bit of what I'm saying here with like how much I miss podcasting and coaching. I do need to start to make time for myself and I will. Um, I think I'm actively doing that as I record, but also I'm looking at ways to get some exercise back into my day. And as he's older, you know, it's funny, I, I'm not interested in doing like a cry it out method for sleep or sleep training that feels really unappealing to me, but I am getting more comfortable with him crying sometimes during the day. So if I want or need to brush my teeth, let's say, or make a sandwich or even stretch, like I've been really physically uncomfortable since I gave birth. My body just it still does not quite feel like myself. And sometimes, you know, it's obvious that he wants me to pick him up. Um, He's pulling on my leg. He's, you know, trying to climb up me and I will just continue to stand at the counter and eat my salad. And I can say to him, 
I see that you want me to pick you up. I'm so sorry that you're having to wait. I know that waiting is hard, but mommy's eating right now. And, you know, able to kind of make some space for me having needs as well as him. Uh, But all of that to say, he is my focus. He is the thing that really defines what I do with my time and my days. And, and I like that, you know, we've, we've been at home for a few days. We had an ice storm here in Austin. And so school was canceled for two days and our whole days are just making jello. I did like a sensory jello thing where he could, I buried toys in it and he could kind of dig them out. He did not like that, by the way, (laughs) he was like totally creeped out by that texture, but we did that. We made Play-Doh. We went to this little play gym once the ice melted. And I just like that no one is imposing on my time or my energy or my money or my sleep or, you know, any of it other than him. It's just the two of us. And I, I love that. And I'm super excited for that relationship to grow. I just, I love who he is and who he's becoming. And uh, I just can't wait to see more of his little personality. He's going to be one soon. You guys, I can't believe it. He's, his birthday's coming up in April. I know that's still a few months away, but time just goes so fast. And I just feel so lucky that I get to spend it with him. And of course I want to do this again. I mean, it's hard to think about having to share, even sharing my time with another baby because I, this time with him is so precious, but I also just think it will be so fun to see him as a brother. And again, I, I want to do that on my own. It truly is a choice this time, uh, that that's something that I want to do on my own. So that's where I am. I am trying to reclaim parts of me. I am looking at ways to first podcast, then maybe coach if I can figure out the childcare and the sleep and all of that. Um, trying to exercise, trying to take care of myself and really just loving being a mama and loving my sweet boy. He is total perfection and I feel so lucky. And I also just want to say thank you to those of you who have reached out and who continue to reach out and let me know what a difference the podcast has made for you. It's crazy to me that people are still finding it. They're still starting at episode one and they're listening all the way through. And the number of you who have made major life decisions based on, uh, just the, the community that you've felt through the podcast and the understanding and feeling less alone, That's exactly what I was going for when I started, but it has just blown my mind how much I've been able to accomplish that, how much we have been able to accomplish that through this show. And so I'm just so appreciative for those of you that listen and for people who have been willing to share their stories and for people who reach out. And I appreciate you hanging in there. I know it's been months and some of you probably forgot, (laughs) forgot that I even existed, but I'm still here and I will really, really try to get back to you as often as I can, uh, because it just means the world to me. You guys are so important to me and this community is important to me. And I know that there are, uh, lots more stories to be told and I look forward to telling them with, with you and for you and to you. And I hope that everyone is doing well and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Single Greatest Choice Podcast. I'm your host, Katie B. You can learn more about me, this podcast, and the Single Greatest Choice coaching at my website, www.singlegreatestchoice.com, or find me on Instagram at single underscore greatest underscore choice. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a minute to rate and review in iTunes. That helps more women to find our show. Until next time, I'm sending you all of my love and support as you go about making the choices that will create a life you love.